Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church right here in Spencer, Iowa. And we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, coming to you this the 20th of March, the third Sunday of Lent, also known as Oculi, or the Sunday of the Mute Demonic. As we continue our Divine Service Catechesis now at the beginning of the podcast, as we have been doing, we are now looking to switch from looking at the Office of the Word to the Office of the Holy Supper. And for what we're going over today, this is covered in the Congregation at Prayer from this week and the last two weeks. Now, as the explanation of the Common Service Notes, which is the book where we're taking this from, we now, as it says, come to the most sacred and solemn act of all Christian worship, the personal communion of the living Savior with each individual heart. And, I would add, all our hearts brought together in communion with Christ for all who partake. Now, in the Office of the Word, which came first, it used to be called the Mass of the Catechumens, because in the ancient church, all could sit and be in the congregation for the hearing and preaching of God's Word. But among the ancient church, those who were not able or allowed to commune, they would be dismissed at the end of the Mass of the Catechumens, that is, shortly after the sermon and the prayer of the church. They'd be dismissed before the service of the supper began, so that no uncleansed eye could see the flesh and blood of our Lord. In fact, this is where the word Mass comes from. It's the Latin word used to dismiss all those not partaking of the supper. Now, not only would the ancients dismiss those not partaking, they so seriously and intimately hold the Lord's Supper that they would close, lock, and guard the doors as well. So, while some may complain about our practice of closed communion, notice how seriously and intimately the ancients handled the supper and why they did so, because there is much wisdom to be had in seeing why they did this and took it so seriously. Now, as the service of the supper begins, all that are there are to stand in reverence of the flesh and blood of our Lord, which is about to be on the altar. And the service of the supper is itself divided into three parts from there, the preface, the administration of the Lord's Supper, and the post-communion. Now, to start with the preface, it, and that itself is a word from Latin which simply means a saying before, the preface comes before the supper, and it is a prayer of high thanksgiving for what we are about to receive. The preface itself is divided into three other parts, the salutation, the sentences, and the Eucharist. From the salutation, which is from Scripture, it is a blessing spoken from the pastor upon those who are about to partake of the supper, showing that what we are about to do, that our partaking of the supper, is itself an act of worship. I say what we're about to do, but really we're eating what Christ gives us. We do nothing. We receive it by eating and drinking it. And now the people likewise, after the minister speaks a blessing on them, they likewise speak a blessing upon the minister, so that he be guided through the supper that's about to come. And that will do it for our Divine Service Catechesis this week. We'll get back to it next week. But for now, we turn to our Matin service with a hymn of invocation.
Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Ever shall be world without end. Amen. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him.
Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn thee unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. O bring thou me out of my distresses. Look upon my affliction and my pain, and forgive all my sins. O keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn thee unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The Old Testament lesson for Oculi is written in the 26th chapter of the book of the prophet Isaiah, beginning at the first verse. In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, the word came from the Lord. The Lord says, Stand in the court of the Lord's house and speak to all the cities of Judah, which come to worship in the Lord's house, all the words that I command you to speak to them. Don't omit a word. It may be they will listen, and every man turn from his evil way, that I may relent from the evil which I intend to do to them, because of the evil of their doings. You shall tell them, The Lord says, If you will not listen to me, to walk in my law which I have set before you, to listen to the words of my servants, the prophets, whom I send to you, even rising up early and sending them, but you have not listened then I will make this house like Shiloh, and I will make this city a curse to all the nations of the earth. The priests and all the prophets and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the Lord's house. When Jeremiah had finished speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, the priests and the prophets and all the people seized him, saying, You shall surely die. Why have you prophesied in the Lord's name, saying, This house will be like Shiloh, and this city will be desolate without inhabitation? All the people were crowded around Jeremiah in the Lord's house. When the princes of Judah heard these things, they came up from the king's house to the Lord's house, and they sat in the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house. Then the priests and the prophets spoke to the princes and to all the people, saying, This man is worthy of death. For he has prophesied against this city as you have heard with your ears. Then Jeremiah spoke to all the princes and to all the people, saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and against this city all the words that you have heard. Now therefore amend your ways and your doings, and obey the Lord your God's voice. Then the Lord will relent from the evil that he has pronounced against you. But as for me, behold, I am in your hand. Do with me what is good and right in your eyes. Only know for certain that if you put me to death, you will bring innocent blood on yourselves, on this city, and on its inhabitants. For in truth the Lord has sent me to you to speak all these words in your ears. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
The epistle is written in the fifth chapter of Ephesians, beginning at the first verse. Brothers, be therefore imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love, even as Christ also loved us and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling fragrance. But sexual immorality and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be mentioned among you as becomes saints, nor filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor crude jesting, which are not appropriate, but rather giving of thanks. Know this for sure, that no sexually immoral person nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience. Therefore don't be partakers with them, for you were once darkness, but are now light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. When mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. Unto thee lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God, until that he have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the eleventh chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus was casting out a demon, and it was mute. When the demon had gone, the mute man spoke, and the multitudes marveled. But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. Others, testing him, sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to him, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. A house divided against itself falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul. But if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if I, by God's finger, cast out demons, then God's kingdom has come to you. When the strong man, fully armed, guards his own dwelling, his goods are safe. But when someone stronger attacks him and overcomes him, he takes from him his whole armor in which he trusted, and divides his plunder. He that is not with me is against me. He who doesn't gather with me scatters. The unclean spirit, when he has gone out of the man, passes through dry, waterless places, seeking rest, and finding none, he says, I will turn back to my house from which I came out. When he returns, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes seven other spirits more evil than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. The last state of the man becomes worse than the first. It came to pass, as he said these things, a certain woman out of the multitude lifted up her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts which nursed you. But he said, 
Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, for he is gracious and merciful. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, for he is gracious and merciful. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the large catechism, Luther states, Temptation is of three kinds, of the flesh, of the world, and of the devil. Today we hear from the epistle and see from the gospel the temptation of the world. To understand what is being said in the epistle and the gospel, we must first understand what happens to the mute demonic at the beginning of our gospel story, where it says, Now Jesus was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. Now the, now the demon possessed this man, so that this man was forced to serve this demon while being tormented, oppressed by death and made mute so he could not say a thing or ask for help or express himself at all. The people who watched this exorcism, they probably knew this man before. They had probably, before, this hap before the exorcism happened, wanted to help this man, but were powerless to do so. So that's why they marveled when Jesus threw the demon out of this man, because they see Jesus infiltrating the kingdom which belongs to the devil, defeating the devil, the strong man, and throwing him out. They marveled because here was a stronger man, Jesus himself. But note what this means for the man who was a mute demonic. Now that the devil left him, and now that he could talk and rejoice in the Lord, what does this mean for him? The stronger man, Jesus, came and defeated the strong man, the demon, and Jesus took for himself what belonged to the demon, which was this man. This man now belonged to Jesus. That is, Jesus took this man out of the kingdom of the devil and brought him into the kingdom of God, which is also to say, Jesus took this man and separated him from the world that belongs to the prince of this world, the devil. In being blessed by Jesus, this man was now living in the world but was no longer a part of the world. And as our psalm says, our Lord, what he did was he plucked this man's feet out of the demonic net from which this man was lonely and afflicted. Our Lord answered his prayer and guarded his soul and delivered him from the world into the kingdom of righteousness, which is the same blessing we all receive in baptism. After we were conceived in sin and before we were baptized, we were also dumb and mute and dead to sin. We were tormented with the guilt of our sin. We were under the devil. We were a part of this world as our flesh ruled over us. And dead to sin, again, we were mute. We could not speak to God. We could not praise him. And we could not truly spiritually speak with one another. But in baptism... We were made alive again. In the waters, the demons were thrown out of us. They were thrown out of the house of our soul. 
In baptism, the house of our soul was swept and put in order, and there the Spirit of God, Christ himself also, began to dwell. In baptism, our sins are forgiven, our guilt is removed, and that is where we were brought out of the world and into the kingdom of God, into the church, where Christ reigns before us at the altar. Baptized into our Lord's crucifixion and resurrection, now bearing our own crosses following our Lord, we live in a world in which we are not a part of. And this is what St. Paul is speaking from. Now baptized, now members of the kingdom of God, Paul is instructing us as such, saying, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We are the children of God, brought into the church, loved by him who was crucified for us, forgiven by his body given for us, and his blood poured out upon us. We are sons of the Father through the sacrifice of his Son, in which, into whom we are baptized. Now in the world but not of the world. We are called to imitate God the Father. To imitate the Father in being free, and being patient, and being long-suffering in love. Being pure, not necessarily in being perfect, but being pure in our forgiveness of others as we ourselves are forgiven. In being generous and almsgiving with what the Father has blessed us with in this life. Being wise and discerning from the scriptures the things of this life. We are called to imitate also God the Son, our Lord and Savior, our Redeemer, to love others as Christ loved us, that is, being willing to lower ourselves, even humiliate ourselves in self-sacrifice, in order to love our husbands and wives, our children, our siblings, our parents, our brothers in the church, and others as well that God has put in our lives. Separated from the world, we are called as the baptized to be the exact opposite of the world. And if you check social media real quickly, you'll see how full of hatred the world truly is, how intolerant it is, despite its claim of being tolerant. It's not. Yes, we have been made members, that is, saints of God's kingdom, which means baptized into the cross. We've been made enemies and targets of the world all around us. And now it is a world as our enemy which tempts us to sin. And this Luther notes in the large catechism, saying, Then comes the world, which offends us in word and deed. It drives us to anger and impatience. In short, there is nothing but hatred and envy, hostility, violence and wrong, unfaithfulness, vengeance, cursing, railing, slander, praise and haughtiness, with useless finery, honor, fame and power. No one speaking of the world. No one is willing to be the last. Everyone desires to sit at the head of the group and to be seen before all. From Luther, we hear how the world, who is now our enemies, we hear how it offends, attacks, and tempts us. In the ways it attacks is many. It'll attack our reputation. It'll attack us for a past sin that's been forgiven, maybe in a sin from 10, 20 years ago on social media. It'll attack us as it does in Finland, where they're trying to make biblical teaching illegal. 
Or as you see with social media, where it silences Christians and blocks their voices when we speak truth about basic biology and marriage. In the world's attacks and offenses against us, the world will tempt us with anger and to lash out back at it with rage. The world tempts us, just like the devil did with Jesus in the desert. They follow his example. They tempt us as well. They tempt us to treat and serve ourselves selfishly with the gifts God has given us in this life, rather than loving others with those gifts. The world tempts us to test God with the expectations that the world has for God, rather than what God has promised in the scriptures. The world will tempt us with money and seats of honor and degrees of honor, which it promises to give us, but only if we recant little by little what we believe about male-female, marriage, abortion, even Jesus himself, and so on. This is why St. Paul warns us in the epistle, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Now understand what Paul is saying. He is saying that a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. That is, we cannot be both of the kingdom of God and of the world. We cannot be separated from the world while at the same time being a part of it. So then, when we are attacked by the world, if we react in anger and rage, as the world teaches people should react, if we react in that way, would we be be any different from the world? If the world tempts us with its many lusts, whether desiring or taking to ourselves another whom God has not given us in marriage, if we fell into that, if we're seduced into those lusts, are we not then a part of the world? Or if we covet what others have in the world and seek to take the riches of the world for ourselves, or if we fall into the slippery temptation of lewd joking, filthy talk, or worthless talk, worthless talk like the many conspiracy theories that get bandied about on social media today from all sides. If we use our tongues for those things instead of in thanksgiving to God and ever-increasing thanksgiving to God, then wouldn't we be part of the world and not separate from it? For all of these sins are just really a breaking of the first commandment. All of these sins are to have as our gods, not God the Father, but rather the gods of sexual desires, uncleanness. There's even the temptation to make a god of ourselves when the world attacks us, because when our pride is hurt, we want to attack back. To serve an idol is to be part of the world that serves all kinds of false gods. And behind every false god, as St. Paul says, is a demon. To make an idol out of things of creation is to prefer the earthly, the carnal, over the heavenly. If we ever think we can serve God and mammon, that we can be part of the kingdom of heaven while also being part of the kingdom of this earth, If we ever believed that, we would be just as foolish as those in the gospel who thought that Jesus could cast out demons by the power of Satan. Both are impossible. 
because a kingdom, a house of worship even, cannot stand divided, but it will be laid waste. That is why St. Paul warns us or says, let no one deceive or seduce you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience, unfaithfulness. This is how the world attacks you, the baptized, offends you, tempts you, with empty words. Because nothing the world promises will last. Nothing the world promises will be eternal. Nothing the world attacks you with can change the fact that you are now a son of God in baptism. The words of the world that they use may attack us, offend us, and tempt us. They are real, and they will hurt. They'll even look desirable at times. Desirable by our flesh. But those words are empty. Those promises are empty. Those empty words, they're unable to take away the promise of the resurrection from us. And they're unable to deliver anything good from what they promise. But now look what happens if we allow ourselves to be seduced by the empty words of the world. Here's where our Lord warns us in the gospel. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest. And finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. So then, if we were to leave our baptism, it would be to leave the swept and orderly empty room, which would then invite seven times more demons, even more wicked than before, to the empty room of our soul. We would be worse off than we were at first. Now, that's not to say that a return to baptism would not be possible, that repentance there is not possible. But it is to say, to leave our baptism, we would soon find that our condition under the kingdom of the devil would be much worse and oppressive than it was before. And upon such in the kingdom of the devil, those of the world, will come the wrath of God even worse than before. Such is the fate of those seduced by the empty words of the world rather than being faithful to the true word of Scripture. And so St. Paul finishes his epistle with this encouragement. Therefore, do not associate with them, that is, the sons of disobedience or unfaithfulness. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Now, Paul is not saying that we should shun or cut out of our lives those who are yet in darkness or have fallen away from the faith. But it is to say that as children of the light, children of the Father, we ought not associate ourselves with their disobedience, with their darkness. So then we shouldn't associate with their sexual lusts, sexual behaviors, their lewd and foolish talk. We ought not fight back against them with anger when they attack us with slander and hatred. Rather, as baptized children of the light, we see that the stronger man has taken us out of that damned kingdom of the strong man. We see that the strong man's weapon of death has been used against him on the cross, so that now we no longer need to fear death. 
so that now we are free to walk in the light as the light which we received in our baptism from our Lord. So then, as children of the light, may we be eager not to associate with the world and the ways of the world, but rather may we be eager to produce fruit of the light, which is in every good virtue, all righteousness, all truth. That is, may we produce a light which will shine in the dark world to help bring those in darkness to the true light of the cross. And how we do this, how we in baptism can endure and produce this fruit living in a world in which we are not a part and which attacks us. How we do this is by following what Jesus says at the end of the gospel. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So then, living in this wicked world, may we then hear the word of God by taking the catechism to heart and knowing it in our heart word by word by knowing the scripture, by coming to church every Sunday to hear the word preached and to keep the word in repentance and faithfulness. Let us walk in that way. Let us gather around our Lord's body and blood and partake together so that we can remain together in him and so we may not scatter. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods and possessions are in peace and safety. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods and possessions are in peace and safety. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, 
and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send them help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they watch for the morning. I say, more than they watch for the morning. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. We beseech you, Almighty God, Look upon the hearty desires of your humble servants and stretch forth the right hand of your majesty to be our defense against all our enemies. Almighty and everlasting God, who hates nothing that you have created and forgives the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of you the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, 
because there is none other that fighteth for us except thou, our God. O Lord, let there be peace in thy strength and abundance in thy towers. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all harm and danger. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
Thank you for joining us for our Matins podcast this week, and you're invited to join us again this Wednesday as we continue our midweek series on the Apostles' Creed. And this week, we'll be looking at the second article on the Son of God and his exaltation and coming judgment. And we will also be back next Sunday at this same time with a Matin service for the fourth Sunday in Lent. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church or CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for the podcast or want to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses listed at the top of the bulletin. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.